0: Thank mm-hmm. you. blue shirts fans to episode number 183 of the locked on new york rangers podcast i'm your host john chick today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts that your car will ever need Today, we got a very special treat for you guys. We are joining forces with Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On, New Jersey Devils. Trey and I talked for quite a while about the Rangers, the Devils, about hockey in general. And so today is going to be just part one of a two-part conversation with Trey. And we're going to play that for you guys right now. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. We've got a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On, New York Rangers, joined by Trey Matthews of Locked On, New Jersey Devils. Trey, how are we doing today, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: Uh, Hanging in there. You know, it's some crazy times that we're living in here. And uh, speaking of crazy, uh, Lindy Ruff jumped ship from the Rangers to go to the New Jersey Devils. He is your new head coach. So I got to get your opinion on this. Uh, What was your initial reaction when you heard the news that Lindy Ruff would be the next head coach of your team?
1: I'll presume that we're on FCC Airways. I'll just say that I was not too happy about it because I feel like... uh, it wasn't the best uh option out there, quite honestly. Cause it's like um, you know, longtime Sabres head coach, he was good uh in a different era of hockey. But now as the as you know, generations change, as the rules change, you see that uh, he's not as um effective, which is why, you know, he was rightfully, you know, given the boot for the Sabres and then He absolutely destroyed your guys' defensive uh, rating because (laughs) next to the New Jersey Devils, you guys also had a very bad defense, which is what I also covered on my show. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like he wasn't the best option to be given the head coaching position for the Devils.
0: Yeah, I do wonder, uh, this is something I've talked about a little bit on my show, but you know, the last time the Devils named a head coach, it was John Hines and then he gets fired this season. That was kind of a bold selection just because he had never been a head coach in the NHL. He was fairly young for an NHL head coach, I think just 40 when he got the job. So does it feel like maybe uh, the Devils have kind of overcompensated here? They kind of made a bold pick with John Hines and now they're playing it, maybe even a little bit too safe with Lindy
1: Ruff. I mean, have you thought about that at all? I just feel like what we're just angry about is if Lindy Ruff was really the only option or the only person interested, or, you know, if we did get someone who was younger interested, you know, like, Let's just say there was another young coach, like you said, who was also interested in the job. It was between him and Lindy Ruff. By all means, get Lindy Ruff. But it's just that there, there were a few other options on the table that were interested. So you had uh, Coach Lavi, uh, Lavi LS. Uh, you had Coach Gerard Gallant. Like, you know, w- were you just too stingy to offer them big uh, deals to, to become head coaches? Like uh, Like, those guys are – have proven that they can work in this day and age of, um, of what hockey rules are now. So I I just feel like, you know, you know, the old saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you, you can't exactly teach a newborn puppy old dog tricks either. So, you know, it's just, that's what I feel like we're getting, which is will he be the solution to help develop our young guys?
0: Right. Uh, I will say, you know, I, I feel like, you know, looking at social media and everything and just kind of checking the pulse of Devils fans about this whole situation. It seems like they're kind of on board with you um, a little bit underwhelmed by the hire of Lindy Ruff. But I will try to raise your guys spirits just a little bit here. So everything you said about, you know, Lindy Ruff, uh, you know, the Rangers defense, it left something to be desired this year a little bit. But I think to be fair to Lindy Ruff, I think you do have to look at some of the... uh the individual player development on the Rangers this season, because you've got Adam Fox, you know, I I don't know if Devils fans know a lot about him. He should be in the rookie of the year conversation, I would say.
1: Here's here's what I know about Adam Fox. He basically carried your guys' defensive uh, units. Like, um, by far, he was the best defensive player um, on the the Rangers, and he's also a a Harvard alum. I'm not sure if he graduated from that. Here's what I am excited about that I did cover on my show is that, you know, Riley Walsh, Uh, who we just signed out of Harvard with teammates with Adam Fox and they were a defensive pairing at one year and then they led their team in scoring, which you don't see too often from defensive pairing. So my hope is that Lindy Ruff, whatever he did with Adam Fox, he could do the same for Riley Walsh. That's my only hope. And that's all I know about Adam Fox, which is he just carried the Rangers defensive unit.
0: Yeah, he was great. And the crazy thing about that is I think people knew that, you know, in, in the long term, he could become a really good two-way defenseman in this league, but I think people thought that his offensive skills were a little bit ahead of where he was defensively, but he was great on both ends of the rink. I think you got to give Lindy Ruff a little bit of props there. For the Rangers, you've also got Ryan Lindgren, and you know, he kind of came over to the Rangers without a lot of fanfare, part of the trade that sent Rick Nash to the Bruins, and he really developed nicely for the Rangers this year. And also, Tony D'Angelo, I know he's not exactly a favorite of hockey fans around the world, but he definitely kind of took his game to the next level as well. So
1: I think his pairing of Mark Stahl kind of helped him. Yeah, although,
0: you know, Mark Stahl is definitely on the back nine. You know, he's definitely slowed down for the Rangers over the past few years. But I I would agree, you know, his veteran uh, leadership could definitely help D'Angelo out a little bit.
1: Eh, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Lindy Ruff. But, um, you know, I did want to ask, you know, how surprising was it for you as a Devils fan to see them kind of struggle like they did out of the starting blocks this year? Because I think they were a pretty popular preseason pick. Maybe not necessarily a cup contender, but a team that could turn some heads and certainly at least make the playoffs. So, I mean, just how how surprising was that to see the Devils struggle this year?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, obviously they weren't favorites, but they were – projected to do better than what they were when what they finished off with because I think we're the only one in our conference who wasn't invited to the bubble so um, the New Jersey is known for for defense but unfortunately in years past this has become our detriment now so defense was our problem so we trade essentially nothing to get P.K. Subban and he was a huge disappointment and now he has a huge contract that we just can't get rid of and um you know we went to the playoffs prior to you know um recently but you know it was like they were rushing a rebuild that and i think they were trying to avoid it and it was just so surprising because it was like listen we're gonna lose games and you know I, I didn't think scoring was our problem here's what people think the devils need more help and they they think they need help in like scoring and also defense. I say we need help in defense because I look at the first few games that we played. So against Winnipeg, we lose five four in a shootout. Uh, Buffalo, we lose seven two. Philadelphia, we get shut out. Edmonton, four to three. You know, Boston, three nothing. Um, Florida, six to four. And then we play you guys, New York Rangers. We lose five to two. So, or I'm sorry, we won that game five to two. My fault. Okay. So it's like um, I don't. I, I think. Uh, defense was a bigger problem and we thought P.K. Subban would be the answer and unfortunately he wasn't so it was just very surprising because you know we're gonna lose that's fine but not that badly.
0: Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning like Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, I'm looking, obviously, free agency is on the way. It's going to be here before we know it. I'm looking at the list of Devils free agents. Is there anyone on the team who you just wouldn't be able to bear losing in free agency? Somebody that you just think the Devils absolutely have to bring back, uh, you know, for next season on some kind of a long-term deal?
1: Well, since we since we're a young team, it's much easier to um, how would I say this? It's much easier to be flexible. Right. So, so you know, with Heiser, we, we have them long term, and that's a good thing because you know we we need to develop them. Um, you know, Hughes was a, a disappointment to say the least. One of the worst um, pre- performing first first overall draft picks since the 90s. Um, you know, I I think. I think in terms of contracts, we're we're okay, at least for next season. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think the huge issue is, like, who do, who can we get rid of and what can we get? Because, you know, uh, at this point, Severson was our best defender. Yeah. But, you know, that's not good enough. Mediocracy is not good enough. So it's like, what do we do? And then, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood, he's going to be a restricted free agent. Um, Uh, Same with Mueller. So it's just like, what do do we do? It's just, uh, I don't don't know. Because we can't contend. We can't really compete for a playoff spot. But I don't think we're as far down in the rebuild ladder as people project us to be. I think, because this year, we have three first-round picks. And, um, you know, depending on how teams do uh, in in the bubble, you know, it, it, it can vary on where we pick. So this draft will be crucial and um I I think that's what we need to focus on. We just need to focus more on our young guys, developing them, albeit I don't think Lindy Ruff was the answer, but uh it's just I'd say we're stuck in uh, neutral for right now. Yeah, that can be tough when that happens, man, because you know, you
0: have you know, regardless of what sport it is, but especially in hockey where you kinda get caught in between like going for it right now with the players that you've got and just tearing everything down you know, to the foundation basically, and just trying to start over. And I think that's where the Rangers have kind of, you know, really done a good job over these last couple of years is they weren't playing around with this rebuild. They didn't do it halfway. I mean, it was tough to see all those veteran players go. You can look at Matt Zuccarello. You can look at JT Miller. You can look at Ryan McDonough, Dan Girardi. I mean, Rick Nash, the list just goes on and on and on and on. But the one thing the Rangers did not do was do a halfway rebuild. And I think, you know, not like they set the world on fire this year, 11th place in the Eastern Conference, but I think definitely in the second half of the season, uh, Ranger fans started to see kind of the fruits of the rebuild a little bit where like, okay, this team is definitely going in the right direction. There's definitely a plan in place here.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you, know, you guys are going to be uh, in a better position because thanks to Lindy Ruff, who made you guys worse, you guys got the first <laughs> overall pick. So you are definitely heading in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that was crazy, man. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the uh, the second part of the lottery. You know, what was it, like about a week or a week and a half ago now? But, uh, you know, I'm watching it. You know, you got all the ping pong balls in the machine. They're bouncing all over the place. I'm not even trying to figure out which one is the Ranger ball because you can barely see anything. But then the one ball gets pulled up and you go they go to like a long camera shot and I can't really see the logo for sure. Like I thought I saw the Ranger logo there. So I'm getting excited, but I'm not letting myself celebrate yet. And then finally, you get that zoomed-in shot of the Ranger ping-pong ball. And I just went nuts, man. I mean, a 1-8 shot, and it comes up Rangers. I mean, what more can you ask for than that? Especially after they moved up a couple spots the year before to get Capo Caco. You know, they had two fortunate draft lotteries uh, two years in a row here.
1: That's right. And, man, I was was so angry because it was like you guys (laughs) had a 12.5% chance to get it. Uh, The Maple Leafs had a 12.5% chance to get it, and I did not want them to get it because I absolutely despise Toronto. (laughs) And um, I was like, please let it be the Coyotes. Just please let it be the Coyotes because, you know, it's just like uh, that that team has, like, no effect on us whatsoever. So it's just like – and then when I was just hoping and praying that it wouldn't be Toronto, I guess my luck ran out, and I just – then you guys get it. And now uh, Lafreniere is is probably going to – in your guys' hands in a matter of a few weeks
0: exactly and the team that i couldn't bear to see win that draft was the uh the penguins and you know i mentioned when the ball went up to the top of the chamber whatever it's called um you know i could see a little bit of blue and a little bit of red and i just thought to myself well thank god it's at least not the penguins because i didn't see any of that putrid yellow in there you know what i mean so we were safe at least for him not going to the penguins yeah when I was seeing the blue, I
1: was like, "Is that light blue or is that dark blue?" Because like, <laughs> is that going to be the Maple Leafs or the or the Rangers? I'm like, when I when I and also when I get the notification uh, on my phone, uh, it says Rangers get the first overall pick, and I'm like, please tell me the Texas Rangers are are they mean the Texas <laughs> Rangers of the MLB and that the MLB is just doing their draft lottery a little earlier than it anticipated. I was like, please let this be the Texas Rangers. Please let this be the Texas Rangers. No, New York Rangers. <laughs> well,
0: with MLB, uh, that could actually be a possibility because they tend not to really promote their big events all that well. So who knows? Maybe the, maybe the Texas Rangers were getting the first pick that night. We just haven't heard of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, not likely. But, you know, uh, so, yeah. you got to settle with what you, can, uh, what you can get. So
0: another thing I wanted to ask you about was Taylor Hall. You know, obviously the Devils, they realize they're not going to contend this season. He's in the final year of his contract they deal him to the Arizona coyotes. And now he's going to be, you know, arguably the most coveted member of this free agent class. Is there anything you can point to as to why it just never seemed to click with Taylor Hall and the devils? I mean, I know he had a monster season for you guys in 2017, 2018, but beyond that, um, it just never really felt like it
1: worked. I mean, is there anything you can point to there? It's just the, uh, it's just the system because, you know, uh, the, the Devils were, were known for our defense. That's what we've been known for for years, for years. And it, it dates all the way back to, um, to uh, Patrick Elias um, because, you know, Patrick Elias, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I think he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he was in the right system. He just was in a defensive system. And there's a reason why we have five retired numbers hanging in the Prudential Center, but four of them are defenders. It, it's because, you know, we're, we're known for our defense. And I just feel like Taylor Hall just wasn't in the right system. So, um, as you said, in 2017, 2018, he had 93 points, which was a 40-point uh, differential from the year prior in which he uh, only had 53. And, you know, when when we got him from uh, Edmonton, everyone was just shocked, like saying, man, New Jersey's going places. Uh, New Jersey won this trade. like. <laughs> why would they just give up Taylor Hall for nothing? And unfortunately it just didn't work. Like you said, and I just think it was the system. Also, I think Taylor Hall was just growing tired of uh, uh, New Jersey. I think that uh, I read a report saying that, you know, he and PK Subban kind of butt heads a little bit, because I think he felt like that PK Subban was more focused on like what he was doing off the rink, like with his social media. Cause you know, well, PK Subban he he's a big social media personality because um uh you know his fiance's uh Lindsey Vaughn Lindsey Vaughn the uh, Olympic skater so you know the the press paparazzi's all over him and he's big on like what he does with his television movie ventures but and Taylor Hall just felt like PK wasn't focused because it's like dude you're not having a good season can you just like remain focused so i just think it was the system and also i think Taylor Hall if, you know, every uh, superstar player has a little diva in them. So I think he just grew tired of where New Jersey was heading, that we were just stuck in neutral, we weren't going anywhere, and that, you know, he just felt like the players on his team weren't focused. And um, I think the one silver lining was is that when he was on the same line combination as uh, Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes actually did better. So what you see the glimpse of potential from Jack Hughes, but Jack Hughes just needs the right, Line mates to play with in order to uh, be like his brother.
0: Yeah, it's it's really weird with Taylor Hall because, you know, obviously he starts his career with the Edmonton Oilers. They trade him to the Devils for what looked to be a pretty underwhelming return. Uh, The Devils, you know, obviously they're not competing this year. They flip him over to the Coyotes, maybe a little bit of an underwhelming return, although I saw there was a conditional first and third round draft pick in return for him but it just feels like this guy can't find a home and then you know the coyotes were hoping to sign him to a long-term deal it sounds like he's definitely gonna you know hit free agency uh does it just strike you as weird that this player who you know one of the better players in the league i mean at least probably like a top 25 player i think that's probably fair to say this dude just can't find a home like are we gonna see taylor hall a former
1: number one pick just become a journeyman in the nhl (laughs) I mean, there's been a lot of great players in any sport who, you know, just uh, they can't find a home. But, yeah. you know, that doesn't uh, uh, take away from the fact of that they were great players. So could he be a journeyman? I don't know. But, you know, he's so far he's played with three teams and, you know, that's not too bad. Um, he just needs to find that right system, that right team. And, you know, he, he just has to, you know, be like, will you be patient? I know you're a patient with New Jersey but you know your time is coming. You're you're a great player but we 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 just need you to trust us and I, I'm, you know that's that's what um I think he's been missing and you know like I said every superstar player has a little bit of diva in them. so uh can can he just humble himself because uh with Arizona he uh, generated 27 points with 10 goals and 17 assists in 35 games played that's that's pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, just now I know Arizona did not do well in the playoffs. They, they were, they completely got destroyed. I don't think he's going to go back to there, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm sure there's going to be a team that's going to offer him a big contract, this upcoming free agency.
0: Yeah, definitely. will be an interesting player to track once free agency begins. And, uh, You know, something else I think we got to talk about probably every time that the Rangers play the Devils and anytime we do a crossover episode in the future, we're going to have to talk about Kako and Hughes a little bit. Now, I know from a statistical perspective, you know, both these guys had kind of underwhelming rookie seasons here. But, you know, you mentioned that Hughes seemed to play better when he was on the line with Taylor Hall. Uh, Do you feel good about him going forward? I mean, can we write off his rookie season as well? You know, he's just a kid. Uh, Do you think he'll eventually become the player that the Devils want him to be?
1: Well, he say he said that his favorite player growing up was Patrick Kane due to their similar body types because you know Jack Hughes is a uh, small guy. He's five foot eleven and one hundred and seventy pounds, uh, and he's not even tw- he's not even twenty. So here's what he needs to do if he wants to be better. You have to put on like fifteen pounds of something, muscle, fat. I don't care because you you look very small out there. So. I have faith in him. You you can't judge anyone after the first season, okay? I, I know he's uh like I said statistically he's the first uh he, he's one of the worst uh, first overall draft selections since the 90s. Um, so it's just like he has a lot to uh, live up to because you know he he comes from a hockey family. His older brother is already an all star. He has a younger brother up and coming. Um, you know, uh, me being from Michigan, I'm very familiar with the Hughes. Like, you know, I know their hockey journey, University of Michigan, um, all that. So, I have faith in them. I do have faith in them. But uh, you got to kick into high gear, like, because this can just be ripped away from you soon. And if you if you do not let, there's gonna be a uh, a microscope on you, and you know, everyone's gonna be looking at you very meticulously. So my thing is you got to put on 15 pounds. You're very small and get back to what you were doing when, when you were playing with the U S national team.
0: Right. I I think with Kako, it's kind of a similar story. I mean, there were times this season where it kind of felt like he was snake bit a little bit because there was a game against the Penguins early in the year where he scored a couple of goals, including the overtime game winner. And, you know, he, gets injured and can't play the next two games. So right when it looked like he was maybe about to take off a little bit, he has an injury. And the other thing with Kako is, you know, he basically was playing hockey for 18 consecutive months, uh, including this past NHL season. I think when the season went on pause, that definitely uh, did him some good getting back into the playoffs with some fresh legs. He looked dangerous in the playoffs, didn't really show up on the score sheet, but they actually moved him up into a top six role. And he was out there playing with Artemi Panarin uh, throughout most of the postseason series against the Hurricanes. So I think next season, you know, he's got an off season to rest here at least a couple of months to get his legs under him again. And, uh, you know, then next year, I think he's definitely going to be ticketed for a top six role, probably playing with Artemi Panarin. And, you know, you can put anybody on the ice with Artemi Panarin. They're going to see their numbers go up. So I think, Things are definitely looking up for both these guys, you know, despite kind of an underwhelming rookie season for each of them. All right, a big thanks to Trey Matthews for joining the show here, and a big thanks to all you guys for listening. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.